it's funny, you know, in foreign policy debates in this country, in America, there's a debate between the realists and the idealists. The idealists are the imperialists. The idealists say, God has uh, led America to rule the world. We can't have any other country interfering with God as our policy. And the realists say, if you do this, this is crazy. You're going to split the whole world. Well, at least there, there are two different schools of American foreign policy, but there aren't two different schools of economic policy. There's no other school alternative to neoliberal econ economics. So the irony is when uh, Chinese students are sent to the United States to uh, study economics, what they're told is neoliberalism. What they're told is that China cannot possibly develop in this way. If China wants to develop, it should be just like the United States. It needs a rich financial class that's able to be the planning. China needs to privatize all of its public utility that leads to sell off its railroads to American investors. Let us take over your railroads and we'll charge much higher prices. Your growth will be the growth of the 1%. Uh, you really need to uh, make uh, grow by making the 1% richer. That's what they're told in the United States. So there's no alternative. Uh, you had uh, in the Cold War, Russia uh, promoting uh, uh, communism as an alternative doctrine to capitalism. Nothing like that is happening uh, with uh, the conflict between China and the United States today. China has not said there is a alternative to neoliberal growth. And uh, uh, we want uh, Thailand and India and Iran and Russia uh, to join in a new uh, Eurasian orbit uh, be, uh, with this new uh, ideology that is an alternative to uh, finance capitalism and neoliberalism, and uh, well, we call that socialism. They haven't spelled that out in economic policy. And uh, that, again, is what I tried to do in The Destiny of Civilization. You need to explain that China does have an overall economic model. And uh, the Chinese economic model is uh, you have natural monopolies in the public domain, starting finance. You don't want the economy's uh, economic surplus to be paid out of debt service uh, to a financial class. You want the government to be the planner, or the government to be able to use the surplus and plan it to build more and more infrastructure, to raise living standards. You need to put all of this in the form of like uh, a new communist manifesto, a new principles of political economy, and uh, neither China or any other country has done that, although now the, is that the students are coming back to China and saying, well, we didn't learn anything helpful at all in the United States, uh, the economic courses we're taking. The result is we have to sort of reinvent the wheel and figure out what to do ourselves. Well, you don't need to do it all by yourself. The whole 19th century of classical economics was trying the same kind of reform that China is reinventing itself today. Uh, and you can, you really need uh, to uh, a course in what is not taught in the United States anymore. If you had a history of economic thought being told as a taught as a basic economic course in China, this would familiarize uh, uh, Chinese students and other students uh, in the rest of Asia with the concept of economic rent as opposed to profit. Rent is not profit. You, uh, you, uh, and finance is capital is not industrial capital. You need uh, a economic textbook to explain these differences. It's, it's what we tried to do in a few places here, but uh, obviously the, uh, uh, the neoliberals, uh, uh, the 
th there's only room for one economic doctrine in the United States. There's no policy debate over economic theory anywhere in American academia. It'll have to take place in China and Asia. Thank you.